Hello, welcome to Late Night Takeout. Today, my friend Josh and I will be having a conversation about music and what we get out of it. Please enjoy. so it's going hello josh how are you doing today i'm doing pretty good it's been a slow morning i've just been in my bedroom all day uh that's kind of the like usual now so i hear it i hear it i got a question for you yep go ahead am i coming in clearly do i sound okay you sound perfect okay thank you hey you sound perfect my man thank you (laughs) (laughs) thank you (laughs) (laughs) All right, man. So today we're going to be talking about music, but I would like to focus on hip hop, if that's all right. That's totally cool. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. (laughs) A little bit easier. Yeah, right. The first thing I want to ask you is when did you originally find hip hop? And when you first heard it, how was the experience? Did it immediately immerse you or was it a little bit of like a guided transition where eventually you liked it through friends or like maybe through a certain experience? Like, how was that for you? I want to say the first memory I have, honestly, I like grew up listening to hip hop. My dad played it all the time. My mom loves rap. So it's just been kind of in the house. Uh, I think the earliest memory I really have of like like a music video or anything like that, I remember like, I think it's Nelly's Hot in here. <laughs> Yeah. My 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 older sister Taylor, Dang, she when she grew up, she really loved that song. So she watched that video a lot. <laughs> and that's like one of the first memories I have. I have that and like and my dad really liked 50 Cent and Ludacris. Wow. So your dad was like he really liked traditional gangster rap. Yeah, he grew up with a lot of that. He I mean my dad grew up in LA in the nineties, so he was listening to a bit of everything, uh like NWA. Uh, outcast what did you think of having nelly 50 cent those types of artists being played in the house what do you think of hot in here when you first heard it? i mean it's a bop but like what did you think i just remember <laughs> i remember watching the video and just being like they were having fun <laughs> like i guess that was like really the impression that i got like it's just yeah. like you know like purest like escapist fun like yeah. you're just like you know it's like and I think it's like really important for like black people to get that too because like it's mm. like hard. So like rap always kind of leans heavy on that, and I think that that's really great, you know. And like pop music does that too, but pop music kind of has its phases where it'll be really like lighthearted and happy and uh, moodier at times too. But I feel like with rap, it's kind of always consistent. I do hear that. I mean. I do know that, like, I mean, with Sugar Hill Gang, it's the roots of hip started in celebration, you know, right after working hard jobs and coming home and just trying to blow some steam off, right? Yeah. I definitely feel that. I definitely feel that hip hop is a celebration. It's, you know, like a beautiful expression. Uh, And there's like so many different types of it now. But I guess that leads me to my next question where... I was curious, what what did you... So, I imagine since you've stuck with it over these years that you love it as well, like, what do you... 
get out of it when listening like you kind of touched on celebration but like what are like some of the most like key relation points for you when listening to hip-hop well like you said the celebration of just kind of like blackness as a whole i think is really it and i think i mean not even just that it's just good music you know what i mean like yeah if i want to listen to Vince Staples, it's because I just want to listen to good music and like there's a celebration of blackness in that, but you know, it's just going to find good music, I guess. And yeah, I mean, no, I feel that, but like also to what you're saying, like I think inherently in like all aspects of hip hop, there is like a little bit of an underlying like celebration of being black whether or not like the artist is even black like it's like a celebration of the art form right i mean what what are your thoughts on like eminem for example like he is undeniably skilled where like you know when you listen to his lyrics like the like the rhymes are all there the cadences are all there it's like there is an intelligence like a method to his madness but like you know at the same time he doesn't really there was this meme going around um that i think reflected a reality that he doesn't really reflect like real parts of people's lives more rather like black people that was the whole meme like he's not listened to in the hood and like there's this whole debate i guess that's been going on since he's been rapping like does he deserve a place in hip-hop and like whether or not you know like we feel that way. I was curious, like, what do you think about like Eminem and then also underlying like to all hip hop music, there is like an underlying sense of black celebration no? or what do you think? I think that inherently hip hop and rap is a like music genre that is kind of made for and by black people. And I think it can always be appreciated and enjoyed by other people and like your opinion and thoughts on it are always going to be valid but i think what i guess needs to be understood is like target audience and who's like again like who's making the music for who like if that kind of makes sense like essentially like country artists i feel like are predominantly white artists who are making music for predominantly white audiences and i can enjoy their music but like I understand that before going into listening to it. Yeah. And I think that's something that needs to be understood. And I think as far as like rappers like Eminem, it's it's really difficult because I think white artists and I'll just say uh, non-black artists, because I think that kind of goes into like that's more accurate. Uh, right. Yeah, yeah uh, I think they can enjoy and take influence from rap, but I honestly think the best white artists who take influence from rap and truly enjoy it probably aren't calling themselves rappers when they make music like i don't know if that makes sense but it's like it you take influence from it and then you kind of like make your own thing out of it it's like a you feel like it's more of like a natural expression to black artists whereas like not to say that only black artists can do it but like if a non-black artist were to get into it they'd have to on some conscious level acknowledge that it's a black art form is that what you're saying i would say that yes 100 percent. like i think a white artist who's about to become a rapper should understand and acknowledge that beforehand i would agree with that and i think that i think that like i enjoy the occasional white rapper like um when post malone's <laughs> yeah. i enjoy the occasional white rapper 
Like, like I'll, I'll admit it. <laughs> <laughs> like I I streamed Post Malone's uh, Beer Bongs and Bentley's album mm-hmm. way more than I probably should have when yes, it first came out. That, is, that was a good album. Like, like admittedly. Yeah, so it's like it's difficult. It's a really difficult conversation. I think and yeah, I think the conversation also kind of delves into like stuff between like cultural exchange versus like cultural appropriation and all that. Like it's a really nuanced conversation. But it, it's like hard. It is hard, but you know, you bring up many good valid many great points, but one that I kind of wanted to focus on was I feel like it is hard. It's hard to ignore uh, if you're really listening. I feel like it's kind of hard to ignore, and it's getting harder with like artists like Kendrick Lamar and J Cole, who are like two of my favorite rappers, and but also two of I'd like to say like the world's favorite rappers, and they're unapologetically black, you know, and like became more progressively so as certain things in America, like the tone and the climate kind of push these artists to express themselves in that way so it's getting harder to ignore that and i feel like as a listener if you truly love the art form it's kind of negligent i don't want to like be pushy but i kind of just to be honest like i kind of feel like it's negligent you start to feel that way if you're actively ignoring like that underlying like cultural root you know like if you listen to songs like kendrick lamar black of the berry you know like there's no way you can listen to that song and just be like, oh yeah, Kendrick's just rapping hard. No, that's that's not the point. You know, like you, I feel like you completely missed <laughs> yes. the point. You know, if that's how you like listen to the music, like don't get me wrong, there is like an incredible conversation, an incredible like whole like, I'll say it like this. I have an incredible love in for hip hop just for flows and beats. Like I think that's just like a whole like beautiful artistic like expression in an artistic expression of itself but like the message i think like that's key in like hip-hop i mean i i think i would go as far as saying that it might be like the genre for like saying a message because like it's spoken word you know like if you ignore that man, like, I really feel like you're kind of missing the point of it, you know? And I'm an Asian person, and it's like, there's been times where it's like, I felt awkward, almost like, trying to not acknowledge it, listening to music, but it's like, what's the point, you know? Like, like what are you really listening to? You know what I mean? Yes, I think, firstly, it's like super important that people are even acknowledging and recognizing it as a thing that needs to be talked about. I think that's like the first step in even addressing any sort of like conversation about like exchange versus appropriation. Uh, Mm -hmm. And then secondly, I will say, I would agree that I think it's really important that white artists are talking about it and that they are acknowledging it. Like just remember when Justin Bieber tried to claim that he should have been uh, nominated for best R&B album at the Grammys. (laughs) Yeah, I do remember that. I do like, (laughs) it's really funny, (laughs) but it's like, yeah, it's such a like, absurdly like almost like tone deaf thing to say because it's like (laughs) like i just it's so like why would you like and he got nominated in the first place like that's my thing like why even be mad yeah i know right like he got pretty far and his the comp like the people that were nominated around him were like incredible artists i would take that as a as a compliment exactly and i'll even say like 
his like uh same side of the same uh opposite side of the same coin uh ariana grande at least she'll acknowledge the fact that she works with like black producers and black songwriters mm, yeah seriously i mean yeah i feel like I mean, you got to. You got to. That's what I'll say. Because, <laughs> like, mm-hmm. you know, there's like a lot more you could say about Ariana. And like, I think like, uh, I don't want to get she's, in trouble. I don't want to get in trouble. She's, yeah, I <laughs> I won't say too much, but she is definitely. Um, she's a great artist, Talented. There's a big conversation about like appropriation in rap and hip hop. But I think there's an even bigger unspoken one about uh, like appropriation in pop music and how black culture is really utilized oh, there yeah. too, okay because... you know what you know i'm gonna say it there's like a lot to say about how our ariana like how she portrays herself like just like aesthetically like and the conversation that we're having about appropriation like i mean i don't want to go as far as saying that ariana is appropriating but like when you look at like current beauty trends and like how like being darker is like a fashion statement now somewhat like i feel like that kind of overlooks like the struggle of like many black people who had to like fight you know to just be in the room you know or be in the conversation so you're like absolutely 100 right it's like <laughs> you know? it's just so like weird yeah she's definitely been guilty of some that's the main reason why i was personally not a huge fan of her uh last record positions because it's so like a like fake r&b record if that makes sense (laughs) i do feel you though very very trendy like if you could say that's like the modern definition of it sonically yeah it's like and it's really it was really disappointing for me too because i'm gonna also admittedly say that i was a huge ariana grande fan from like 2018 beforehand and (laughs) Thank you next happened and like it was just it was it like went from worse to worser like <laughs> i don't know what to say like it's just it's been weird yeah, it's been really weird honestly like i don't i don't know like i think we're also finding in like the modern day with like I don't know. What do you think about that? Trends, like we're finding in the modern day that with trends, they're kind of guiding a lot of like music direction. And when you find that there are certain things being ignored in like message and like why we do the things that we do in music and expression, it becomes like more of a concentrated version of itself and becomes strange like Ariana may be doing in her recent projects. You know, no shots. <laughs> you know, but all of But, uh, you know, like, what do you think about how that got, how that, that is in hip hop now? I think, by the way, Josh, honestly, but that wasn't like, that. I didn't step over anything by being like, uh, no shots, right? You know, I was just kidding. <laughs> I don't think so. Okay, I mean, okay, okay, cool. I'm not trying to, you know, cool. All right. I'm glad that you don't feel that way. That's important. Okay. Yeah. I think the question that you just asked me was about um, people like conveying message and hip hop. Well, it's like, how do, you currently. Think, how do you think of the current like landscape of trends? Like in music I think, and hip hop specifically. 
people i i mean it's weird like i think we're gonna get to a place where i think well my major prediction for i guess maybe the rest of the year i could see a like almost like hyper pop mainstream era if that makes sense like like not the hyper pop artists but like kind of the hyper pop sound but like i think it will be better when I don't want to just say straight up that the black producers will probably do that better, but I think the production on like a record like Whole Lot of Red, which was kind of like hmm. almost like a hyperized like pop trap production. Man, I, I got some feelings about that. You know, speak. On. I don't know if that's gonna be good, but I could see that becoming a popular kind of way that people go. I also think we're easily gonna see more women in rap i think that's really already happening but i could see i mean you know i say that but megan the stallion's going on a break we're about to get a sweetie album i don't know if that's we'll see how that goes (laughs) (laughs) yeah honestly i feel like sweetie's kind of like uh like a diet version of megan i mean no hate on like anybody but i don't really i feel like megan man she is killing it right now you know like mm-hmm. she wow like holy crap where did she come from you know like she just like comes through and like just starts rapping like overtly sexual lyrics but like no shame and like is just rapping at the end of the day just rapping and rapping her fucking ass off and like now she's like megan the stallion it's like kind of incredible you know yeah, the way that she's like really propelled herself into like a household name, I think is like really insane. I'm so happy about it though. I think she's insanely talented and I'm really excited to see what she does next. Cause like, yeah, there's really, she's probably my favorite person in the game right now that's like rapping and like making albums. Like, I could say someone obvious like Kendrick, cause I grew up listening to him, but I honestly don't really know. Like, if you ask me to put on a Kendrick Lamar song or a Megan Thee Stallion song casually, I'm probably going to pick a Megan Thee Stallion song. Damn. Yo, I love that take. I'm going to be real. I feel like I might have to lean towards Kendrick, you know? But I'm a little biased because it's like, I don't know. I think Kendrick is like a goat. But like... He's untouchable. (laughs) Yeah. But, But I do feel what you're saying that like women are like coming through and killing it that's a trend that i can get really down with hip-hop too you know who i really love i love doja cat she's amazing Mm -hmm. she's so talented i think her next record is also gonna be really good i think she's here to stay like 100 like i could see her like for the next five years she's gonna be probably a namesake yeah like popular person and then they are not treating that girl kind at all right now like what remember at the beginning of the pandemic the whole uh what was it uh she had the whole controversy where oh my god holy shit do you remember this that she like didn't she get into like some scandal for like talking to like 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 like, doing like webcam stuff for like all right people (laughs) i think that's what i had heard yeah i mean so i remember that was basically what happened she was like basically accused of being like affiliated with alt-right 
like incel type people from some kind of like video chat web browser thing and mm -hmm. like they wanted to cancel her they were all like going crazy and it turned out that like the people that started that uh, were lying about it they like actually came out and were like yo we just straight up ran with a lie and it took like flame I was like, damn, that kind of sucks because Doja Cat definitely is someone that's talented and she doesn't really deserve all that, you know? Yeah, I think when people like make up reasons to try to cancel people, it's really lame. Cancel culture just kind of sucks in general. I think people deserve to be hold, like, held accountable when they do wrong, but yeah. like the way that it happens, just cancel culture doesn't even work, first of all. It's just, it's just broken. And like, I really love Doja Cat. I have... Not issues with Doja Cat. I have issues with Doja Cat's team, mm. but because do you, you like you know you know who produces all her music? No. Uh, oh, is it the same person that produces Kesha's music? Yeah, it's the same guy that he put those that lawsuit out against for sexual assault. Uh, it's been a whole debacle. Uh, it's made it hard for me to listen to Doja Cat, knowing that he produced her music. But damn, that is true. Oh my god, I. It's yeah, it sucks. I will stream music that is not produced by him, by her. There are songs that aren't, but really? yeah, it's oh, okay. yeah. And technically, okay. if you buy records physically, you aren't really giving them any like. Well, it's like really? it's hard because it's a hard because this is like also cancel culture stuff technically. But like, mm. I'm like, is it cancel culture or is it holding people accountable? Yeah, well, go it's ahead, it's it's a hard it's a hard battle and then it's like even if you do stop streaming doja cat other people are listening to doja cat mm -hmm. you know if the industry wants her to succeed she's gonna do good probably so like is there really even a point in being like oh i'm gonna stop streaming her out music well it's hard it is hard but i do feel like i mean i do feel what you're saying but at the end of the day i mean i think conversation and intention goes very far like cancel culture is i think a product of like i think initially like online activism and it working in some ways right like before things were like i don't know back in the ancient days when t twitter was just starting up you know that kind of <laughs> that kind of stuff <laughs> so like you know i feel like maybe like there was a time where it was more like productive and now i do feel like it's more like reactive than anything and I do, I am a little disappointed by it as well. Like, I'm just, you know, like looking at a lot of the things that be like surge outrage. And sometimes it's like, wow, you know, I cannot believe this, you know? And I don't know, other times I feel like, I feel like something's being tried to be done. Like, for example, uh, so I love J. Cole, but so I follow his career pretty uh, closely. And something that happened in like the last year was he made this song about Noname. Uh, and you know her, Noname? I think so. Yeah, yeah, rapper, right? Yeah. I think it's No Name. Oh, is it No Name Gypsy? I think. Okay, I wasn't sure if it was Noname or it was No Name. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty certain it's no name. Okay, no name. Yeah, like she, uh, 
she was talking about, I think, how some artists make a platform off of uh, basically the black struggle, you know, people like dying, racism, you know, like just all kind, all kinds of uh, like terrible things, but owning it and like kind of being heralded as a champion uh, by the community. And then when things happen, uh, there'll be like silence, radio silence. And she didn't name any names, but then many people thought she was just talking about Kendrick and J. Cole. And J. Cole actually ended up responding and being like, hey, uh, basically, he made this song called Song on the Bluff, or oh, sorry, excuse me, Snow on the Bluff. It's an incredible, beautiful song. And he's basically talking about how. She's basically talking about how today we live in an age where people will champion people like him to be someone that holds the answers. But at the end of the day, he's just another human being. And that's the platform that he stood off of. And he wishes that, uh, you know, people would, instead of, canceling people and looking at them as lesser or treating them as lesser or treating them as like another side. Uh, he wished that people saw that these were the people that probably needed education most and to try to like make your message in a way that is reachable to like anybody, you know? And he essentially made this song with a very nuanced message. I thought it was very beautiful and like, oh man. Like, I remember Twitter world blew up. I remember just a lot of people were frustrated about it in general. And it was like this really like div like diversifying like topic where there was just all kinds of different opinions. And uh, personally, like, I really enjoyed that. I thought it was like a reflection of like how the modern day, like what, like how, what, what a modern day conversation would look like, like about anything like socially or culturally, it'll be done online. Like we're doing right now or like on Twitter or like anything like, and the fact that so many people are outraged over a song made me feel like back to what we were talking about, like, the lyrics, you know, like the, the 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 message, you know, like I, and that's kind of why I like, you know, love Kendrick and J. Cole, you know, uh, even if there's so much, so many ways that we could talk about that, like the message, you know, the 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 subject matter, and I felt like when the like Twitter world, for example, people were like, oh my god, this song sucks, or oh my god, this song is like great, you know, listen to it, like. I felt like, you know, that's kind of the point of all this, you know, like talking and like communicating ideas and like, you know, letting yourself be heard, but hearing others too. And like, I don't know, speaking your realest truth and trying to find the truth and what others are saying too. Like, I thought it was like really beautiful, but like, what did it really do at the end of the day? I'm not sure, you know, like, I don't know if it'll even be remembered, you know, like a year from now, given like, you know, how things, 
seem to be, we move, seem to move on so quickly. Like, uh, but still, like I remember it, you know, and like I don't know. Like, do you remember this, Josh? Like, what what are your thoughts on all this? I do remember this coming up on my timeline. Uh, yeah, I've actually I keep up with No Name. I've kept up with No Name since I want to say it's 2019 because of her album Room 25. If you, I will say if you're looking for a female rapper who is going to rap about like politics and progressive rap and all of that, uh, <laughs> I don't want to say political jargon. That sounds like I'm dismissive. <laughs> uh, but you, I think you get what I mean. <laughs> Uh, no names. I one of my like, go to for that. <laughs> yeah, political rap. I mean, that sounds. I that's almost. <laughs> it's almost like saying the same thing twice. Yeah, <laughs> like if you really, not even rap, but like hip hop. But I think, yeah, it's a really. I would agree with you that I think the conversation that it sparks is probably the most important thing about it. The fact that people are talking about this type of stuff. And that we have a community and space where people can talk about this stuff and it be semi-cordial at least like not uh like <laughs> people are really like non-violent i'll say non-violent that yeah, sounds sure. like the best usage of the phrase yeah because i think mm-hmm. the conversations that were sparked by it it's just they're really important and like obviously this was all in response to uh the like george floyd shooting and i think that um just art is a really important way for people to express the way that they are feeling and how they are um, positioned in society. And I think the the examples like this are like art doing what art does best. Like you don't even have to like either one of the songs to recognize that they're both like great, impactful, important songs. Yes, honestly. Song 32, I think she dropped in response, right? That was a really good song. Or was it song 24? I think 33. Okay. Yeah, she's a pretty phenomenal artist. I mean, very, like, unique flow, poetic almost, like, in how she, her words flutter almost over beats. It's very insane. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I definitely, I definitely, I definitely feel like that is the point of all, like all this art, you know, like expression and all of that. Like it's, you know, important. It makes us feel alive, you know, like I want to, I want to ask like, when, when was the time where you felt like most represented in hip hop growing up? It's really hard for me because I don't listen to them anymore because I'm too active on Twitter to have not seen the like allegations out against them. And it's just been really hard for me to check them out since. But growing up, I got really into Brockhampton in like 2016 when they first blew up. And Kevin Abstract was really important to me for a while. I'd say, yeah, Kevin. Uh, growing up, I listened to like Tyler Creator too, but I was never like a huge Tyler Creator fan. I got really into him around Flower Boy, which I know kind of generic uh like old school tyler fans will beat you up for that opinion but uh it's my truth uh yeah i'd say those two uh admittedly i kind of absorbed like frank ocean isn't like a hip-hop artist but he is like a deeply important black musician to me so 
I feel mm-hmm. like he is sort of involved in the conversation and I haven't really ever gotten too into his discography. I know that's really horrible for me to say as a music journalist. <laughs> I've only really <laughs> absorbed him through like cultural osmosis. I've heard songs from him obviously like singles. I've heard all of the singles like uh Nights Chanel all that type of the popular songs i'm not (laughs) deep in his discography but i was for like kevin abstract and brockhampton for a while so so why all great artists uh i see a theme but i would like to give you the platform like why were these artists important why did it become hard to listening like begin continue listening to them I still really enjoy Tyler, the creator. Uh, he, yeah, his music has, in my opinion, only gotten better. I still really listen to him. It's just, yeah, the, again, for Brockhampton, it was like, they have like some 30-page document out on like just shitty things they've done at concerts to like women and people who are attending their shows. Yeah. And it's like hard for me to continue supporting them, even if I'm like, one of those has to be true. You know what I mean? Yeah. If there's like an entire it's list, true. like, yeah, it's like, so that's the thing. Like, even if like, and like, if I found out that they were all not true, I would probably go and listen to one of their albums again. But I guess that's been mm. really hard. It's just, I don't want to continue giving a platform to people who are using a platform to hurt others. Yeah. That is true. I mean, that does matter at the end of the day. And I do feel, I do feel you, you know, I, Kevin, you know, abstract. Um, are there any allegations against him specifically? I think he was trying to, he was like getting into contact with um, people who were coming to his concerts. So they, in like offering them like backstage passes and VIP passes for like sexual no. favors. Yeah, so which was really, really disappointing because I loved um, yeah. American. I guess I didn't love it that much. What was the name of his suburban album? <laughs> Sorry, I'm like, wow, I can't blinking. I don't even remember either, actually, to be honest. I do feel you. Like, I do feel suburban boyfriend, American boyfriend. I think I'm not sure. Sorry, I, I didn't. I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, 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 no. You weren't. You weren't. I, I'll Google it right now. One sec. But yeah, he's he's really talented, and I wish he did not do that. I'll say that. And if it's not true, then thank goodness it's not true. I hope he didn't hurt people, but uh, not good because they were all like underage too. So that was not. Oh my god. Yeah, it was it like worse from worse to worser. Yeah, like, seriously. Uh, yeah, it was American Boyfriend, a suburban love story, and okay. Arizona Baby was the recent one that came out actually. Mm-hmm. And I liked that album too, but yeah, it's just I haven't listened to him in since before quarantine, probably. Dang, honestly, hip hop, the landscape of it's becoming pretty like toxic, and you know that's one of the primary reasons that I wanted to like talk to you today because I know we both have strong feelings about that, and I'm glad that we're getting to it pretty organically. But on Ke- on the topic of Kevin Abstract, like God, like. That is really disappointing to hear because honestly, I really mess with him as an artist too. Just when he initially came out and like 
Brockhampton, they had their whole boy band, like, branding. I thought mm-hmm. that was genius, you know? And, like, the whole, like, blue skins and, like, matching outfits, I thought that was genius. Their whole energy, like, bare face coming through with, like, borderline Frank Ocean-esque, like, interludes and everything. That was amazing, you know? And I do remember, like, when Amir Vaughn kind of fell into that whole, like, mm-hmm. that was, like, terrible. So I guess, you know, I guess I'm not too surprised just because, like, it seemed like there was, like, a little bit of that already, like, budding. But, like, I got to say, one thing that I really enjoyed about Kevin Abstract is how he portrayed himself as a gay man. I really, Mm -hmm. really loved, like, how he flipped that script about, like, how a lot of, like, straight rappers would just talk about women, you know? Like, and that's a whole topic in itself. But, like, he kind of did the same thing about with, like, men but i thought it was more of like in this more art formy kind of way where like it was expressing like i don't know just like freedom of like yourself and sexuality you know and like i thought that was like really great i still remember i don't remember if i can like just say this head like or (laughs) i don't remember if i could just say this line uh because it talks about like um like something sexual and just keep it in the podcast but like i just thought like the way that he portrayed himself was like almost fearless, you know? Mm-hmm. I love that. I, yeah. Oh, sorry, go ahead. I, I didn't mean- no, you're good. Oh. Sorry, were you done? I didn't mean to inter- interrupt. I was just like agreeing with you. No, oh, no, no. Uh, yeah. I mean, if you had something to say, I was just, I was just, uh, yeah, I was done. Yeah. I, yeah, I agree. Cause like growing up, I think I found Brockhampton right after saturation and it was around the time Saturation 2 dropped, before Saturation 3 dropped, because I remember watching all of the videos, like, promos, and, like, getting around my siblings and being like, hey, let's all watch this, because we were all, like, huge fans. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. and then I even remember when uh, Iridescence dropped. I I mean, my hot take on Brockhampton is that Iridescence is their best album. Yeah, uh, that was a great project. Oh, my Lord. It's, like, so weird and just out there, but, like, great like i just and yeah it's it's just enraging (laughs) it's like yeah i like who else did i really i mean tyler yeah and i think also great artists uh Mm -hmm. you mentioned flower boy definitely not cliche at all and frank wow just wow i'm trying to think i also really love um I mean, I wouldn't really call him a rap hip hop artist, but uh, Blood Hit Orange kind of mm-hmm. is like on the fringe of the like alternative like indie sound, but like also like he's it's like clearly inspired by black black music and artistry. Yeah. So it's like Definitely. a lot of the time he'll get shelved into like an R and B genre, which isn't really wrong. Yeah. It's just it's weird. I guess I don't know what I would categorize him as. I feel like I don't know. It's I feel like you got you have a couple artists now who are like who are like really pushing the like the boundaries. Like Frank Ocean is another one who's just like, what what would you call this music? Because like I feel like it's like kind of hip hop too. You know, I kind of feel like you can say he's rapping on these songs. You know, In the same way I kind of feel like you can say SZA, one of my favorites, is like rapping on her songs. Because like I don't know, sometimes the way she just I don't know does her like flow it's like rapid you know like um i saw i don't know i don't know i feel like a, 
a lot of artists are pushing that boundary now, you know? Mm-hmm. I almost feel like soul music is not an inaccurate description of all of it, if you mm-hmm. really think about it. I do hear that. There's inherently a lot of soul in all this. Like, in all the, all, like, a lot of these, I don't know, like, yeah, in these artists that, uh, how would you categorize them, Josh? Yeah, I think, honestly, a lot of it might also come down to, like, song structure. I almost feel like yeah. you give SZA, I love SZA's album before this sounds like I'm discrediting her. I really love that album. I remember when that came out. I was listening to Z before that record came out, too. So I'm, like, a longtime SZA fan. Uh, but I think you give that album to, like, a white pop singer like Ariana Grande, and they mm. might categorize it as a pop album. Yeah. Say that solely because all of the songs are structured like verse, chorus, verse, chorus, bridge, you know, like a standard pop song. Yeah. Not, and like, that's fine. But it's weird because that, I think that kind of speaks to just how genre is weird sometimes. You know what I mean? Because that's true. That's true. That's very true. Like, kind of how, like, I mean, were you going to say something? I don't think I was going to make a, like, a point about, like, I think FKA Twigs talked about how she didn't want to get categorized as R&B mm. because she didn't feel like her music was uh, R&B. And I think it's it's a conversation that's like really nuanced because in one way I get it, in the other way I think I f- feel like occasionally the argument gets made because sometimes people feel like getting categorized as like rap or hip hop is like lesser than like people will hold up other categories more. And I don't think this is true for like FK Twigs. <laughs> I didn't mean to use her as an example and like throw her under the bus. Oh, no. But I think what happens is uh, rap and hip hop and R&B and just genres that are uh, made by predominantly black artists about black artistry will get like downplayed or considered lesser than even on like have you do you use sites like album of the year or rate your music i do not what uh are they like what are they there are two websites where you can just rate albums that you listen to out of a hundred or out of five stars okay uh i really like them but their fan bases are like predominantly white fans hano fans oh <laughs> i see and I don't hate Fantano. I used to really like Fantano and I haven't followed him in a while just cause I've kind of separated myself from other music review people just in general. I feel like I, it was uh, influencing my thoughts on music that I was enjoying or wanting yeah. to enjoy, if that makes sense. Yeah, he, uh, I definitely feel that. But yeah. Yeah, there. it's basically what I mean by that is a lot of the time, it's like weird like the top 100 albums on that site maybe feature like three black women and like five black men and maybe like two not white people that are not also not black (laughs) yeah that's huh like i definitely it makes me feel like yeah kind of almost awkward to think about like how much of like uh, the hip hop listening demographic now, like fans will be like white, and not that that was inherently bad, but you know, 
kind of what we were talking about in the beginning, like people not listening with the understanding of what they're listening to is can become a bad thing. And like, it makes me feel kind of awkward to like think about how um, that, yeah, that's a little awkward, isn't it? I mean, I don't know. How do you feel about that? I 100% think it's awkward. <laughs> and I think it does relate to what I was saying about like understanding uh, intended audience. I think that's why it's so important as like journalists with a platform that we kind of remain positive when we try to do like actual music critique. That's why I kind of avoid uh, negative reviews when I write about stuff because I just don't really feel like it's productive, especially when sometimes I am not the target audience for an album, but I am just writing about it because I listened to it. Like, it's like Pitchfork, you know Nas, right? Of course. He has an album that is literally titled The N-Word. Right, yeah. Or untitled. Pitchfork, yeah. yeah. Pitchfork has a review of it posted that is mostly negative, and it's reviewed by a, a white reviewer. Hmm. And I think that is very bizarre. Like, it's like, and it's like, not that you can't not enjoy the music, but it's like, what is being what productive is being made, especially when if you go to uh, like black music review sites that are talking about the same album, they enjoy the album. So it's like, right. Was he like primarily like negatively looking down on the album because of the album title? He just didn't like the album, which I think is fine. But I think what needs to be understood is like, I don't think Nas is making albums for white middle-aged men to listen to. Ah, uh, that's true. That's true. Like, who is this intended for? Are you really speaking on something that is, are you, is this is meant for you to speak on? Yeah. And if you are speaking on something that you is not made intentionally for you or like your audience, I think that should really be acknowledged. Like, I think that kind of inherently gets acknowledged when I write about stuff because people can see that I'm like a black person writing about white music if that makes sense yeah. and even then sometimes uh white musicians are making music for black people like i think i mean who's in, um, is eminem i don't think eminem is making is eminem making music for black people like jeez that is a question josh <laughs> that is a like, great question honestly I, like because that's a part of the that's the part of the like appreciation versus like appropriation conversation yeah, i think too i really do i do hear you and i do feel i don't know so as a korean man you know who's also bisexual i don't really feel like a lot of the music is like particularly made for me and it's been kind of like a struggling like like, where's my identity when I'm, you know, listening to this, when I'm just hanging out, like, jamming out some of these songs, you know? Like, like you'll hear some of these lyrics and then, like, also get, like, very adversely, like, almost anti-Asian, you know? Like, on, like, a shallow surface level where it's, like, uh, you know, my eyes are, like, ching-chong, like, when I'm smoking weed or, like, mm -hmm. you know? Like, that's, like, been thrown around, like, by all my favorite rappers, which is kind of, like, tough to, like, just here you know but like when i really think about it but then there's also like extreme cases where like these asian women are like 
completely fetishized and like treated like absolute commodities and it's like oh my lord like it's 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 it plays into i think this other narrative that goes into like asian men being effeminate and like already Mm -hmm. is like a bisexual that's like kind of a tough overlapping like stigma for me you know and I like so when I listen to these songs, you know, and like I'm almost not considered, you know, and I'm like uh sometimes like the butt of the joke, I'm like, man, how do I relate to this? You know? And like when I really think about it, I kinda wanna laugh just because I'm like <laughs> a little like a little uncomfortable, but a little more like this is just kinda how it is, you know, like I've definitely had people tell me to go back to my country even though I'm literally born in Washington, you know? So it's like, I guess I kind of accept it, but like, I don't know. I guess when I listen to hip hop music now, I feel, I feel when I'm listening to my favorite artists and I'm listening to like the people that I really love, I like which are you know J. Cole, Kendrick Lamar, Kanye West, Lupe Fiasco, like most Steph, like a lot of these artists will just be black, you know, and like a lot of times they'll have like overtly like uh like proud like uh like pro-black messages and like at the time like I would never say, you know, the N-word like growing up like with the songs you know like you know if i was like chanting the music you know i would but like even that like like i don't know i like stopped once i kind of became like conscious of like myself which was like i don't know like 1920 you know kind of thing but like uh i like started to like be like can i this is wrong and i felt uncomfortable and i was like uh yeah i just felt weird about it man like i felt awkward and uncomfortable and just strange so like now uh when i like listen to these artists like i'm like what like what am i really getting out of this you know and i guess for me it's like growing up there weren't really any asian heroes like there were like jackie chan and bruce lee you know kung fu type dudes right and like mm-hmm. they were like mm, i don't know like they that was such like a such a like a niche you know and like they weren't like even though they're household names like still like kung fu's like really not a thing now like even though shang chi's coming out that looks amazing and like now it's like uh, you know like bts and like uh like k-pop stars are bringing ushering in kind of like a new like i'd like to think like a asian renaissance you know like that has <laughs> like changed a lot of things a lot of aspects of life you know i'm gonna be honest and uh and you wouldn't really think it would, but I mean, culturally, it's a big thing. But like, culture is a huge inf- has a huge influence on people, right? And like, growing up, like 
besides these kung fu stars whom i loved like which were like the only ways that i could really relate to my own dad you know for example like i like didn't really have anybody to like bond to or like look at to like as a, as a hero so like or like influence or inspiration to be a certain kind of way so then like when i hear like first time i heard anything hip-hop was like 16 17 and it was like kanye west and like even though like black eyed peas is technically the first one i don't really like to say that because the story's not as cool <laughs> like <laughs> i mean hey i will say i <laughs> loved black eyed peas when i was in like oh, fifth grade right oh my god this <laughs> wasn't there oh my god when Fergie joined the group, everything changed. Everything changed. No, literally. <laughs> yeah. They were the first group that I ever like downloaded illegally onto LimeWire. Lime- I like burned oh their I, uh, like my music brother. onto a CD. I, high five to that. Same here, man. Same here. <laughs> oh my god. So on the same thing, LimeWire, I like got Kanye West, and I'm hearing these lyrics about like. Uh, He's talking about how he's proud to be the guy wearing the polo in the room of like, where there's just a bunch of like, not, he, he wasn't like looking down on it, but he's like, I'm not like, like, like aggressive. I'm not like outwardly like, uh, like strong in that way. I, I can't beat anybody up and I'm not going to like, you know, hurt anybody. Like, and I'm, I'm not like trying to like portray that message in my music or like give that kind of image or celebrate myself in that way. I am trying to celebrate myself in a way that focuses on like being like aware to like civil rights, human rights, like being fresh, the freshest person in the room, you know, like being confident, being like, okay with being kind of like the weirdo. And like, that's what I really like messed with. And like racism really plays into that because it's like all these people are just like looking at like people for like the color of their skin and treating them like weirdos basically like outcasts for like no reason and it's like it's like terrible but like in that way you know like i also kind of relate to that where it's like growing up you know i would have people like even in, in this town that i like live in it would be like just white people and like really kind you know but like like money's here so it's not really like poverty like impoverished or any kind of way but like I would still be getting hit with like, yo, go back to your country, you know? And like, Mm -hmm. even when I was like dirt poor, I still found like living in motels and things in my family. I still found that that racism was almost like impossible to like, I don't know, ignore. So like that message really played into like, it really related with me. Like, I can't fully describe why I was just like a kid. Like, and I heard something that kind of made me feel like strong and empowered. So like, I like started to dress like Kanye West, talk like, and like use Chicago slang. It was, it was so corny and terrible. It was terrible. (laughs) But, (laughs) But it gave me like an avenue to then like, you know, try to find it now through, like my own culture because you know my parents for multitude of reasons couldn't like communicate it to me like they were kind of disconnected from their own like being immigrants you know in this country so from their own their culture so like i don't know like being like an american anything like a black american asian american a mexican american like i feel like 
when you get to the American part, it gets a little awkward, you know, it gets a little confusing, you know, like what that really <laughs> means, you know? And like, so I don't know, for me, like, I guess some a way that I kind of identified with like the American aspect of myself where I'm like now amalgamating with like so many different cultures and like trying to find who I am. Like, it was like, it was like this like proud music it was like this message of being proud of who you are and like for me that was so confusing because it was like how do i be proud of like being korean when like i'm told at school like i'm not american enough and i'm told at home that i'm not like asian enough and like on top of when i started to discover my own sexuality i was like how do i be proud of this too like you know like (laughs) with the messages being like already just blatantly portrayed around in like just our culture outside of music so like then when music would reflect that you know like it was like even more confusing so like i kind of feel like i feel like i've always kind of had to piece together parts of things that like made sense to me but like again i've told you even then like it had to come to a limit where i was like well i'm not like black i can't feel the exact same pride that like j cole or kendrick would be saying on their like you know, like ve- like most proudly black songs. And like, you know, what does that mean? And like then even with like K-pop where like, they're like super proud of being Korean. It's like, but they're doing a black art form. It's like, mm-hmm. it's confusing. Cause it's like, I'm not from Korea. So it's like, I can't really even relate. Like with all the stuff, like when Gangnam Style came out, I was just as confused as everybody else. I didn't understand that Gangnam Style was like, a, a phrase in Korea that meant like kind of bougie, you know, like the American version of bougie, the Korean version of bougie, you know. I actually did not know that until right now, <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, don't worry. Right. So it was like, I don't know, like, so it was confusing. So like, I don't know. I feel like even now, I I like, I when I listen to music, I have to really like, kind of be careful with like what I like entertain within myself because like it's not as just simple as like music and I think that's a point that you're really like strongly resonating on and I really resonate back with you man you know it's like it's kind of like a responsibility you know because it is important you know at the end of the day and uh you know I I guess before I say anything else, man, before I keep talking, you know, like, I don't want to just hog the mic. It's, uh, I want to ask, like, what do you think about, like, just have a, like, a real human to human conversation? Like, what do you think about someone like me who's, like, just proud to be a hip hop head, but, like, also acknowledges, like, there are times where that's awkward, you know, like, what do you, what do you think about, like, people like me? And, like, how do you relate to it as well? I think I definitely understand where you're coming from and the experience of feeling othered by hip hop. I think there's a lot of just like in general, just kind of like homophobia in the black community. And that's like exhibited through black media and art. And I think it's a little disappointing. It's just all of that stuff exists Mm -hmm. to uphold like white supremacy, basically. So it's like why we need to be doing that 
is so stupid. And like, even like, it's just, yeah, but I think, sorry, what was the second part of that question? How do you relate to all this music now? Like what, what parts of it are like awkward for you? And like, what parts of it are like, oh, I resonate with this in this way or in that way or. I think so much just like uh, black music and art and rap and hip hop specifically are rooted in like self-expression and just getting to like have a space where you can unapologetically be you. We talked a little bit about uh, Playboy Cardi's last album. Uh, whether or not you that's an album that you enjoy or you hate, because I know that that's really polarizing that is unapologetically Playboy Cardi being Playboy Cardi. <laughs> and I think that that's really important because that's what rap and hip hop is about. Like he is like, it's about showing you and who you are and talking about where you've come from and the struggles that you've gone through, your life experiences, the way that you love, who you love. And really that's all music, but I think hip-hop really dives into it a lot deeper like you said because of the kind of like spoken word format because like hip-hop is almost like in all songwriting is but like specifically like writing rap songs is basically poetry yeah man you right now you saying some some poetic stuff my dude Thank you. It's very eloquently said. I definitely resonate with that strongly. Yeah, thank you. And I think if I think the other point that you asked me was uh like my thoughts on you being just a non-black person who is unabashedly enjoys hip hop. I think yes. like you said, it's really thank important you. that you just acknowledge that sometimes it's gonna be awkward and like sometimes the music is not really being made for you. You can enjoy it, I think. Just Think about your intention and where you're coming from before you are really vocally or like adamantly negatively talking about black art. I think that's really, in my opinion, the most important thing because, you know, I'm like, well, in general, I just think music critique should really kind of focus on a positive only place. I just, I feel like negative critique a lot of the time doesn't really do anything to uplift artists besides really just sending people to go like hate listen to their album which like sure they might get money for that but it's not really like good for them or their art uh but i think yeah just understand who the music is being made for and know why it's important and that you know it's not just like we're here. It is about self-expression and escapism, but it's not always just like happy, good, fun time music either. Like I think a lot of the time, sometimes people think about rap and hip hop and they think it's only going to be about like drugs and sex and money and all of that type of stuff. And like that stuff's talked about, but it's not just talked about in a like, oh yeah, this is cool. We think this is fun and we're doing all this type of stuff. I don't, I can't really think of there's songs definitely like that, but, you know, I think good rap, no good music is talking about drugs and all of that type of stuff in a, like, good way. And I mean, yeah. even, like, if it was, I mean, 
You know what? I'm retracting that statement. There's definitely good songs about drugs. (laughs) I was thinking about it and I was like, I'm lying. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I was like, that is not true. It's like, there's just understand the intent behind the music, understand the message, understand intended audience, know who they're making the music for, and acknowledge the exact things that Daniel has been talking about this entire time. Because if you're having conversations and you're thinking about it and you're acknowledging it, that's like the first step in enjoying it in a authentic and good way. Oh, well, first and foremost, thank you, my man. And also, uh, yeah, that's another great point. I definitely strongly resonate with that. Thank you. Yeah, I got a little lost there. So I just restarted and said my point in a clearer way because i was like that was a lot (laughs) (laughs) 